This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it's my goal here on the podcast to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Community Matters, Inc. With nearly 20 years in the chamber industry and over 100 media awards presented to their chamber partners, Community Matters provides the R&R that every chamber needs, revenue and recognition. When it comes to publishing a chamber map, directory, or community guide, Community Matters has the trusted experience to help your chamber accomplish your goals. With different advertising sales models and publication styles, Community Matters will help you create a non-dues revenue machine. Let's hear from Becky Womble, President and CEO of the Bastrop Chamber, to hear about her experience using Community Matters. I've been using Community Matters for probably six or seven years now. And um, in a previous life, I sold commercial printing, so I can highly recommend Community Matters because it's a complete turnkey job for any busy chamber exec. Um, Basically, you give them a membership list, and from there, they contact your members, and it's no high-pressure sales or anything, and it really is a complete turnkey job from start to finish. And it's a wonderful, beautiful printed product whenever you're finished. And I just, I'm very sold on Community Matters. And with a printing background, I just, big endorsement for me. To learn how Community Matters can support your chamber with your next publication, please visit communitymattersinc.com slash podcast to request your free media kit and request a proposal to find out what kind of non-dues revenue you can generate. Our guest for this episode is Jeannie Hebert. Jeannie has been president and CEO of the Blackstone Valley Chamber of Commerce in Massachusetts for 15 years. Under her leadership, the BVCC has grown and developed into a chamber that works hard for business and the economic vitality of the region. Often dubbed the queen of collaboration, Jeannie sits on several business and community boards and meets regularly with local, state, and federal legislators to make sure the Valley Voice is heard and funding is appropriated to support their economic development and small businesses. Since her reign, the BVCC has become known as the go-to place and resource for business owners and entrepreneurs to find assistance and funding to grow and develop their business. She has been honored with several awards, including the Central Massachusetts Outstanding Woman in Business, Power 50, Manufacturing Champion, and Central Massachusetts Economic Development Leader. Through her guidance, the Chamber secured over $1 million in funding to build the Blackstone Valley Hub for Workforce Development, a workforce training center located in the Chamber's Linwood Mill Building, offering classes focused on advanced manufacturing. These certificate courses are offered to students of all ages throughout central Massachusetts to help close the work skills gap and provide skilled workers to their region's employers. But Jeannie, I'm excited to have you with us today on Chamber Chat Podcast. I'd love for you to take a moment to say hello to all the Chamber Champions that are out there listening and share something interesting about yourself so we can all get to know you a little better. Sure, Brandon. Thank you. I'm excited to be here today. Uh, Hello to everyone, all of our uh, chamber colleagues there. And um, I am uh, also an animal rights activist and um, help with uh, rescuing um, animals in need. 
I do have, you know, dogs of my own, but I did rescue four African elephants and they lived with me for two years. Uh, and uh, we were able to secure some good homes for them. Uh, one of them, Willie, my favorite, uh, he was the largest working African elephant in North America. And uh, we found him a great home at Disney's Animal Kingdom. So I used to go visit Willie there. So they were wonderful um, animals. It was a once in a lifetime experience and um, happy that we were able to find good homes for them because they had a terrible beginning, so. So I have to say, this is a first. You're the first <laughs> guest on the podcast who's rescued an elephant, let alone four. So <laughs> that okay. is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm sure the stories about these elephants could go on for days. I mean, lots of uh, unique experiences with them, I'm sure. Very unique experience. they very um, intelligent fun animals. One fun fact is I used to, you know, we used to wash them in the morning and um, I would spray them with the hose, use that big, big um, brush that you use when you wash your car, then grab the leaf blower to dry them before they would roll in the dirt and get dirty again. And invariably, when I put the hose down, another one of the elephants would pick it up in their trunk and they would spray me. So <laughs> they thought that was the funniest thing. <laughs> They've got a sense of humor. <laughs> we have a sense of humor. We interacted very well. They were they were like my kids. So I, I missed them terribly, but they, they needed to be in uh, places where people who were better equipped to take care of them could help them. So they had good lives. Awesome. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about the Blackstone Valley Chamber. Just give us an idea of the size of the chamber, scope of work you guys are involved with, um, staff, budget, that sort of thing, just to kind of set the table for our discussion today. Sure. Um, our chamber, we have about 500 members. Uh, we, um, we're very active. We mean business and, uh, we listen well. We, uh, we listen to the needs of our members and we're very proactive in meeting their needs. That's how the, uh, the hub came about. Uh, we, uh, our service area is 13 towns uh, from Worcester, Massachusetts, to, which is the second largest city in New England, to the Rhode Island border, just to kind of give you an idea of where we are. Central Mass is kind of, you know, the belt at Cow. It's the belt through the middle of Massachusetts. And we work with everyone in Central Massachusetts. Uh, we collaborate a lot, hence my, you know, queen of collaboration. <laughs> yeah, uh, but there is a skills gap across the state and I think across the nation, really. Uh, and, um, we found that a lot of the covenants of vocational schools, because of a program we have here called the MCAS, that um, funding is attached to it. So the higher the MCAS scores, um, the more funding the schools are getting. So vocational schools have unfortunately changed their covenant and they are accepting more academically superior students over uh, vocationally superior students. And the public schools, have uh, an influx of students who really want vocational training. They're looking to go to work and they're not able to get it at public school level. So when we found this out and working with many of our manufacturers, 
The Blackstone Valley is the birthplace of the American Industrial Revolution, who Samuel Slater, who came here and started textile mills. And our mill is actually where we are. It's a converted former textile mill of the Whiten family. We're in Whitensville, named after that family. Uh, when we we would run the job fairs like everybody does and you know help them and it just wasn't working they weren't getting skilled labor and i was hearing you know i have all this work i have to turn it down so um when i found out that this was happening at the vocational level i spoke with our legislators started doing some digging and uh we were able to secure some funding from the department of education and took on the legislators asked if the chamber would take on the task to um, build a workforce training center. And I said, yes. So lo and behold, we took over part of the mill. We did a build out and uh, we have a, a design lab with all CAD um, filled computers, all loaded with CAD. And we have a computer lab and we have a great fabrication laboratory. Um, and um, it has um, 3D printers, augmented welding. Uh, we have mills and lathes that start out as manual and it also um, has the coding, but the students learn how to use them manually and they learn how to code. And uh, we've recently just taken over the other end of the mill and put in a full electronics lab and we're building our robotics lab right now. So we're meeting as the needs of our members change and evolve, we are meeting their needs. So yeah. we've got well over a million dollars in investment now. And specifically for the hub. Right, specifically for the hub, but it helps us to grow our chamber because we're training the workforce for many of our members and yeah. even those that are outside of our, our region support our chamber because of that and so, working constant with other chambers. So I'm curious, staff size, when you take on a project like this, just for all the chambers listening, they're like, this sounds great, but I'm sure she's got like a, a huge staff to take this on, right? So what does your staff size look like? The chamber staff, there's three of us. Okay. Okay, and for a while, um, for probably a year when we were doing the build-out and so forth, there was no other staff. So I was doing two jobs, and it was exhausting, but it was very rewarding. But once the school was able to open and we were ready to accept students, I hired an executive director. We're on our third executive director right now. She's amazing. Um, I now have an operations director. He's amazing. He, uh, I've been tapping into the retirement pool. He's a retired engineer that worked um, and was head of Northeast for Thermal Fisher. So he's got a wealth of information. And honestly, he can he can do anything from IT to putting a lock on a door for me. Yeah. I mean, amazing, amazing guy, British man, Bob Evans. Our executive director, um, Ashley Bregman. She is a graduate of WPI, uh, Worcester Polytechnic Institute, and uh, she was also teaching robotics. Uh, she has an engineering degree, obviously academic for teaching. So she's perfect as an executive director. 
and we have uh, several teachers, instructors. Some are um, retired vocational teachers, and some um, teach at night when we for the night courses, and they teach at the local vocational school. And uh, one is an engineering teacher at one of our high schools. And um, we're growing to the point where we're building campuses in our high schools in the area. We're up to 22 districts. So obviously we're working with high schools outside of our yeah. region that yeah. we're servicing. And we also teach incumbent workers. So um, some of the, the manufacturers who um, hire people with no skills, we listen to them and we build a custom curriculum for them. And they will um, send their workers to us and we do a six or 12 week course for them. So when they go back and they still work, you know, it's, it's work study. But when they finish their course and get their certifications, they're more than an entry level. They're a mid level, yeah. and uh, it it really makes a big difference for them. So in the hub right now, because this year, uh, Mass Fire, who handles all of, uh, the career and work with people who are looking for jobs uh, across the state, awarded us the Youth Works grant which means we're now working with 16 to 23 year olds who are in a disadvantaged financial um, state to their families. And uh, we find them jobs and almost apprentice programs. We do have an apprentice program too. So we hired people to handle that under the umbrella. And we just received the Connecting Activities Grant, which is K through 12. So now we're working with elementary school students too. So we have at the hub 15 employees now running the hub, thank goodness, because okay. I, would, I would need to never ever sleep again. Yeah. And we have three that work at the chamber, but we interact all the time. So it's uh you know it's one big family and people yeah. are coming and going. We were growing so fast at one point someone would come in and I'd go, who who is that? <laughs> Look at the payroll and go. Well, what is what is this name? Who is this? Yeah, what what do they do? Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Well, that definitely that helps to set the table for more of our discussion. I've got a lot of follow up questions for you about the hub, and we'll dive deeper into this and and the whole topic of of developing a workforce training center as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round, affordable, and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat, Shop, Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar, Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. 
please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Attention all Chamber of Commerce leaders, are you looking for a powerful tool to help you manage your chamber? Look no further than Chamber Nation. Their comprehensive platform provides all the features you need to streamline membership management, host events, communicate with your members, and provide amazing services to your members. Plus, their expert team is always available to provide personalized support. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your chamber to the next level at a price you will truly appreciate. Visit richardscalendar.com to learn more about Chamber Nation today. Hi everyone, Donna from Yifty here with another fun fact about small businesses. Did you know that there are 77 million people working in small businesses in the U.S.? That's almost half of the entire civilian workforce. But I know that you already know the value of local businesses. That is why we created Community Cards. They bring revenue to your members' businesses that today is leaving your community and going to national brands and e-commerce companies. In addition to consumers, we see schools, hospitals, city governments, and companies buying community cards in bulk instead of buying big box store and online gift cards. Community cards keep local dollars local. For more info, come to a demo or email us at sales at yifty.com. We look forward to meeting you. Back to you, Brandon. All right, we're back. Um, so let's dive in deeper. I, w- I want to know more. So tell us, you know, when did the idea get presented to you for developing the hub? Um, how did things unfold to, to see the vision come to pass? Well, we've been open and seeing students for five years now, but it took a good two years to get it going because we weren't quite sure what we were going to do. We knew there was a huge problem, especially in our area for um, our, you know, manufacturers just couldn't find any employees. And and as I said, job fairs were not working at all. It just, you know, wasn't working out. And I, I went to um, a Skills America conference at the vocational school and the superintendent there was bragging that 90% of his students were going on to college. And I went, what's going on here? And I spoke with one of the students who was given, who had a display on um, being an electrician. And I said, oh, wow, you're going to be an electrician. Because that week, ironically, I had had an electrician in my office crying because his son couldn't get into vocational school. And he wanted to pass. And, you know, they were telling us they had a wait list of 600 students. And I talked to that student and I said, oh, you're going to be an electrician. He said, no, I'm going to Cornell. I'm going to sports medicine. And I'm like, oh, my God, you took up four years that that gentleman's son could have had and become an electrician. So, you know, a light bulb went off and said, we need we need an, we need somewhere where these students that the public school system has that can go for training because the superintendents were telling me they didn't know what to do with these students. They were becoming discipline problems. They didn't have the vocational training that these students wanted. The dropout rate was going up. So we aligned ourselves. And as I said, I went to the legislators, told them the problem. We have great legislators 
very approachable in our area. And we put together a plan. They connected me with uh, Bob LePage at the Department of Education. We applied for a work skills grant and our first work skills grant was half a million dollars. And we went, you know, put together a plan to do the build out. It, it takes, it does take a village. It really does. I mean, I can say, oh, I built a school. I didn't do it alone. I had a lot of help. And it, it was a process. And even the mill owner, you know, our landlord was very understanding, very cooperative. And uh, we all worked together and everyone was looking forward to it. It came together. I had some naysayers. I have one very prominent business person say to me, you're a dreamer. It's never going to happen. This is not going to work. So when they hit <laughs> me, when I got last year, I got the uh, Manufacturing Champion Award. I said, you know, I told that story and I, I actually have a little locket that my, my significant other gave me. And so some people say I'm a dreamer, um, but I'm not the only one. And I said that to, to the audience. It was all out there. They were mostly manufacturers. And I said, you know, I was told I'm a dreamer, but looking at you, I can see I'm not the only one. Yeah, and, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big Beatles fan, so that really fit in perfectly. But um, you know, it, it, that's how it started, and we're growing like crazy. And it's wonderful to see these students. They come to us dejected because they couldn't get into the school they wanted to get into. And when they learn the skill, they're amazing with what they do. They just have that vocation. And their brain is wired for whatever it might be, robotics or electronics or uh, CNT machining or, you know, developing coding and CAD. And we even have a shop where they, um, we have businesses come to us that want uh, merchandise personalized. We use the laser cutter and etching. We have, uh, I hate to say it, but our biggest customers are cannabis industry. <laughs> Um, distilleries and breweries, they want their glasses etched and the cannabis industry, they want humidors with their logo on it. So the kids do that and they, they buy it from us and the money goes back into the school and it helps to, you know, pay for another student. So it's terrific. Space, the mill, uh, you had mentioned it, it was a previous manufacturing mill. Um, yeah. Before you guys moved in with the hub, was it actively being used before then? Had it sat vacant for a while? Like, what was the the revitalization of the the space? How did that look? That was very interesting because uh, that bill was that mill was slated to be demolished. So, ironically, we were located in the same town, but a few streets over in another building, and we worked with um, the our landlord now, the mill owner to uh, connect him with an amazing grant writer and they were able to get a grant and start renovating it. Uh, it was a cartel, everybody else fell away except for these two people, Bill and Patty Giannopoulos who believed in the project. And they partnered with another organization for over 55 subsidized housing. So above us, three floors above us is over 55 subsidized housing. And I have an interesting story there, how we interact with them. But um, it's it came together over a period of, I think, two and a half years that they were able to renovate. The mill is beautiful. It has all of the 
great architectural elements, the big, huge wooden beams that have all been um, uh, sanded so that they're natural now. You know how they, they were painted that hospital green, you know, yeah. <laughs> and um, beautiful granite and brick, and the, the, the windows are huge, and it's just really, really lovely. So they're above us, we're below, and, um, you know, we said, why don't we move in the mill? And we moved into the mill in 2016, and then 2018, we started the school. So, um, yeah, it's got a lot of history and it has the elements with the pictures of what it was. Uh, and there's several mills in uh, the town that were in Northbridge and throughout the valley. And a lot of them were owned by the Whiten family. Hence, our area of Northbridge is called Whitensville. Okay. okay. So it's, uh, it's really beautiful. It has a, a tower on the top. And it, uh, it has a guard house out front, which is um, a cute little shop now. So it's uh, it's it's bustling. Uh, we have um, we're there. We have the school. We have a physical therapy. We have a gym. We have a barbershop that's run by um, uh, naturalized citizens, uh, former immigrants, and we just help them get a grant. They're expanding. Uh, we have Girls on the Run. We have we were named um, a national park by uh, President Obama. So we have our rangers are there. The National Heritage Corridor and the National Park is located there. So the um, the national park, the park rangers are there. Um, we have a brewery in one of the other buildings because there's a number of buildings usually that go over the mill. So um, it, it's a pretty busy place. Oh, and we have a woman-owned business that um, is a creperie called Maison de Manger, House of Eats. And uh, it's a great little restaurant that's been restored and, industri you know, it looks industrial. But um, it, it's so it's a unique place. And it's a wonderful gathering place for the community and interaction. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So as you're... Talking about how it came to be, it sounds like in the collaboration, I see where you get the title, the queen of collaboration, but to be able to have, you know, somebody who's familiar with grant writing to be able to help see a vision and help bring things together to, to see these things come, you know, kind of unfold and come together. Um, two of the the other things I wanted to ask you about, you've mentioned them, but I wanted to, to dig in just a little bit more. Um, so there's these certificate programs that the students come through. I imagine that they're varying lengths depending on what their focus of, of work is. Um, so if you could touch on that and then also touch on how you work with the schools, you'd mentioned the K through 12 now uh, with these districts. What does that look like with those relationships and, and uh, interacting with them? Sure. Well, the certificate programs are um, varied. Some are custom that we utilize for incumbent workers. Uh, and uh, some are standardized. Like we have, uh, as I said, the Miller augmented, augmented Welding. That's a six to 12 week course, depending upon the type of welding, but it's um, industry accepted. We would not have purchased them if our manufacturers didn't try them out and say, oh yeah, this is just like real world. And they do, after they get their certificate, we bring them to one of our couple of our partners, Wirefab and uh, Package Steel um, Systems, who make metal buildings all of, for all over the world, 
and invariably they'll say to the students, I would hire you on the spot. So come see me, you know, that, so they have great skills. So that's one certificate. We have uh, what we have in um, OSHA, obviously. Yeah. We do um, OSHA 10. Everybody gets an OSHA 10. Everyone. We have a reentry program as well with the sheriff's department. So we start teaching OSHA in the jail before they're released. And when they're released, they come to the school and they get hands-on training. But everybody gets OSHA training. We have what's called MACLIC, which is a Massachusetts um, certificate. And it's through MassMEP, which is Manufacturing Extension Partnership. So this uh, brings you through all of the steps of what um, manufacturing needs, like it would have shop math. It would uh, teach measurements. Believe it or not, we're finding graduates of high school have no idea how to use a tape, a reader tape measure or a ruler. And they cannot even tell time on a, on a clock unless it's digital. If you say to them, it's quarter off, they'll go, I don't know what that is. We had one guidance counselor say they had to disqualify when they were monitoring um, the certificate um, examinations because he pulled out his phone and I said, why did you take out your phone? He said, I wanted to see what time it was. I said, there's a clock on the wall. He said, I can't read them. No one ever taught how to read a clock. Like when we went to school first grade, they had the clock, remember? You Missing the mark somewhere, right? Yeah, I, yeah, remember, so I remember doing worksheets like that, yeah. Don't do that anymore. Many of them don't know what cursive is. They can't, I was talking to a business that we were helping out um, yesterday. She, um, it's called Hairjoy. She's an archaeologist and she had an intern from one of the colleges and they didn't know how, they couldn't read the report from the patient because they didn't know how to read cursive. So we're really missing the mark in our schools. So these are the things that we try to address. But back to the certifications, we have those certifications, we have custom certifications. Uh, and then at some of the campuses that um, are called like Oakdale campus, which is one of our towns, um, Oxford campus, which is another one of our towns. There's certifications, Oxford is um, focusing on carpentry. Millbury is also carpentry. Hopedale is starting with security. So we get um, certifications for those types of industries where these students are learning. We even started, uh, we helped them get, um, and I always say this wrong, an, an anatomaton table. Okay. It's a virtual it's almost like reminds me of operation. Operation. That's what I was going to guess when you said that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a real body, but they have a human, man, male, human, woman, um, dog, cat, rabbit, uh, frog, which I love because now they're not dissecting animals. Yeah. But it's very realistic. The students were showing me their skills. And I said, I was getting woozy. I said, Oh, you're doing a great job. I, I get to go to the next display. <laughs> it was like, oh, that was the time. Yeah. <laughs> so real. But, um, that table alone cost $100,000. So we were able to help the school write grant so that they have that. So our dream is we helped a lot of the schools get um, dams. So maybe you go to Hopedale, but you want to take manufacturing. So you have to go to the hub. 
or maybe you're in Millbury, you don't want to do carpentry, you want to do, um, you know, introduction to some kind of medical research. And that's what helped you. So what we do is we'll move the kids around. So they will take these courses together. The one principal said it to me, it was hilarious. He goes, yeah, these kids, they're all working together in class. And then on the weekend, they beat the heck out of each other on the football field. <laughs> because <they're all> <laughs> That's great. But, so we put the classes together, not necessarily by school, but by subject. So the students get to even try it out. We'll do a tryout. You know, um, they'll come and say, oh, I think I want to do this. And they might try it and say, oh, no, that's not it. Well, maybe you want to try that. And yeah. You know, oh, yeah, that's a better fit for me. So we do that, too. So that's some of, some of the certifications that we offer. I'm sure there's a lot more that uh, escape me right now. But um, the K through 12, now that we have the smaller kids, I think a good example would be we wrote a grant called Nuts and Bolts and Thingamajigs, and it was for uh, younger kids to learn about engineering. So we had camp over the summer, uh, and the kids would come in the morning and um, you know have a, a little bite to eat, and then they would uh, learn about um, engineering and mechatronics and robotics, and they'd make something. Um, uh, Mr. Evans, our engineer, ran this program. So they'd make something and they'd put it all together. They'd do it on the computer and they'd make it. And he would say to them, did you have fun? You know, you did you know what that was? Well, that's engineering. And the robotics is we have these really cute little robots. These are, This is for like K and first through and second graders came in. And they were like remote control robots, but they had to program them to make them work. And um, they were able to do that. And we had these little robots that looked like little Michael Jan Jackson. They had them dancing. They were dancing with each other and they, they were doing tasks and picking things up, handing them to each other. But it's a natural for these kids. They, they blow me away. And it's amazing. And in some of the middle school kids, we had cobots which are cooperative robots, which are in in industry. They do the stuff like people say, oh, robots are going to take my job. Well, did you really want to keep bending down and picking up boxes and putting them here? You know, you really don't want to do that. You want to be the one telling the robot to do that. Use your brain. So what these students were doing, I went in after, they kind of let them, they taught them how to work them, how to program them. They put like Legos out so they could build make the robots build. And then I they had free time. So I went in and they had three, they had two of the robots and they have like these sticks in their hands. And I go, what are you doing? They go, it's Harry Potter, they're sword fighting. So they were amazing. So I mean this is a concept they maybe learn through having fun, but it's part of what they would do in a job situation they would have to program the robots to do a task. And some of them had three, four, five robots interacting with each other and completing a task. And that's pretty complicated for, you know, like a, an eighth grader to do. So I just, like I said, they blow me away. One of the older kids, it was my birthday, was, well, it was like three of them. They came in and they gave me these beautiful, Stainless steel salt and pepper shakers that had 
an unusual shape. They had tooled them on the machine, and they gave them to me as a birthday gift. And they said, Miss, Miss, look, look, we even put P and S on the top so you can tell which is which. So they had programmed that and had the drill press drill, drill it. And they had, because this was just from a piece of aluminum or stainless steel that they had. And they designed them themselves and made those. And it was just amazing what they did. Uh, Bob had some of the kids from Shrewsbury High School, which is my hometown. Uh, they were making uh, Christmas ornaments out of um, out of some of the uh, metal and um, looks like um, drill bits. And they were beautiful. And then they made dreidels, too. The dreidels were gorgeous. They were intricate. They were terrific. So it was, you know, it, it's a fun a fun thing to learn, but while they're learning, they're, we say to them, you're an engineer now. You did that. Love that. I love that they have these opportunities and they get that confidence and explore, yeah. you know, these, these future career opportunities. Mm -hmm. I, this is such an invaluable resource for your community. So uh, applaud, pat, pat on the back to you guys and your team for, for executing this and integrating it into the schools as well. Thank you. We have a great team. We really do. I'm really fortunate, really blessed. Yeah. Yeah. So as we start to wrap up, I wanted to ask if uh, if you might have any tips or action items for chamber folks that are listening who want to take their chamber up to the next level. What might you offer for them? Well, I think, you know, you need to listen to your members, which, you know, most of my chamber colleagues do. Every region is different. What works for me might not work for you, but if you listen to what your members need or what your municipalities or your region, we work very closely with all of our municipalities and our legislators um, and, and listen and get advice on how to meet those needs and you know collaborate with the great resources that you have in your region. We have wonderful educational institutions, terrific educators, uh, innovative people, um, and you know we work together, and they're not afraid to roll up their sleeves and work. So I think if you know, sometimes you look at a project and you think, "Oh, I could never do that; it's really daunting." But when you, you know, um, I hate this analogy, but how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? <laughs> I would never eat an elephant. <laughs> yeah. Especially friends. after your introduction today. No, no right. elephants on the table. Please. <laughs> so, and your chamber will grow. We are gaining members inside and outside our region um, because of the services and the benefits that we provide. And I'm not stealing members from anyone. What we do is if I see that I'm getting a number of members from one you know, reaching out to me, I reach out to that chamber and I say, you know what? I've got like five industry people that have come to me. Why don't we do a collaboration? And we have an affiliation with like seven other chambers and we'll offer a discount, but you have to be a member of, of your region's chamber first. And okay. then I'll give you a discount if you join us and we'll provide everything to you. But we do provide a lot of services without membership too. And I know that I get criticized from some chambers for that, but you know what? It comes back. You know, you get, what comes around goes around. And um, 
it, it's a pleasure for me to work with a number of people and to help them. And, you know, um, it's great to work together. But, um, you know, just listen to your um, your members or your region, see what the needs are, and think about and seek out, you know, people with um, resources that can help you on how to develop programs to meet those needs. Love that. So important. Um, as we look to the future of Chambers of Commerce, how do you see the future of Chambers and their purpose going forward? Um, I think we're going to have to really prove that um, we're a worthy organization. Um, and, you know, we're going to, to be um, a good resource for your members. Uh, it's not, as we all know already, I'm preaching to the choir here. It's not like the, and I'm dating myself, the uh, father knows best attitude when you know, Jimmy Anderson would say, I'm going to the chamber dinner. You know, like everyone automatically going to chamber of commerce. There's too many people and too many organizations vying for the, that dues, that dues revenue. And I don't think that dues revenue is going to be um, our, it, it already isn't our main revenue stream. We have to find other revenue streams. And it's going to be through um, providing services. Yeah. You know? yeah. Love it. Good advice. Um, Jeannie, I want to do a, give you an opportunity to share any contact information for listeners who might want to reach out and connect with you and maybe learn a little bit more about the hub and how you guys went about this uh, this great big project. Uh, what would be the best way for someone to reach out and connect? Um, well, through um, email, which is um, I'm J Hebert, H-E-B-E-R-T, not Herbert, Hebert. I get people put that R in there at blackstonevalley.org. So that's uh, email. And if you want to learn about, um, you can go to our website, which is blackstonevalley.org. And you can also check out the hub at bvhub.org and uh, if you go to our website there's a tab and it'll bring you right over to the hub and I'm happy to share any information uh, to help with anything uh, any resources and um, you know whatever we can do to help you with programs and if you want to take on a project like this too Go get them and I'll help you every any way I can. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much. So this has been great having you on the podcast today. I love getting these insights from chambers that have taken on kind of unique projects and have a, a neat approach to it, uh, revitalizing a building that was set to be torn down and really changed the outlook of the community. I love it. Um, but thank you for being with us today and sharing these experiences and insight. And and I'm hoping it, it gave you know a few people out there that drive to take on you know some of those big hairy audacious goals. <laughs> thank you for for being with us today. Thank you very much. Thanks, Brandon, for the opportunity. We really appreciate it. If you're ever out my way, I'd love to give you a tour. If you are a chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. 
But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. 